Welcome to Archiving AK, a podcast of the archives and special collections at the UAA APU Consortium Library in Anchorage, Alaska. We're here to talk about what we do, what our researchers are up to, and to give you a closer look at the world of archives. I'm Gwen Higgins, and in today's episode, Veronica and I sit down for a conversation with Pierce Bateman, a graduate student in the Arctic and Northern Studies Department at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, who has done research in our collections. We discuss Pierce's area of research, his experience using archives, and his personal collection of historical objects. Pierce, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I don't, uh, I don't know exactly what you want, but I'm a, I'm a graduate student at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, and. Uh, I'm housed in the Arctic and Northern Studies Department there, and I'm working on a project on the Alaska Steamship Company. When I'm not a student, I'm a historian and an archaeologist. And did you grow up in Alaska? I did, yeah. I grew up in Wasilla and then moved here, thankfully, when I, when I could start accruing memories. That's nothing against Wasilla. I just I like Anchorage. It's nice. <laughs> so, how did you get started working in archives? Actually, I started right here at UAA with you guys. With uh, it would have been with Paul... Paul White's class, I think, mm-hmm. back in 20, I would have either been 2014 or 2015, and mm-hmm. uh, it was for his for his historical archaeology class. Mm-hmm. So we were doing work uh, mm-hmm. up at Gold Cord Mine, and then I uh, came in here to kind of look at the Independence Mine records that you guys have got, and uh, and then that just flourished, and, and, <laughs> and, and here I am, here I sit. <laughs> um, I remember when you were here doing that, because I was on the reference desk, uh-huh. And you found something you really liked, and you started dancing. Yeah, and you got did a up happy and like dance. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I remember you. Well, what's funny about that is I. Um, so my, my thesis at Fairbanks is on the Alaska Steamship Company. That was that was the first time I had seen some archival evidence of the Alaska Steamship Company. So I've continued to come back and actually access that collection to do more mm-hmm. on that. So so you witnessed the moment I saw the first the first bit of my thesis. So what is your current research topic, which I think you kind of already said, and why did you choose it? So I'm working on the Alaska Steamship Company, uh, which is a Seattle-based company, uh, uh, transportation uh, and freighting freighting service out of out of Seattle, and they they kind of develop Alaska. So they start in 1895 and go to 1971 and. Uh, over the over the decades, they they slowly expand their service and become this kind of giant monopoly. And I, this is rather bizarre, but you guys you guys know I'm a, I'm a collector of, of many things. What was a, had a birthday? It was might have been my 18th birthday, and uh, my parents bought me some pieces from the from the steamship company. You know, uh, the teacups and saucers and a spoon and that kind of stuff, and then. That just developed into mini pieces, and then you know buying archival material online, and you know accruing my own collection, and uh, now and now I can't stop. And then it turned into my thesis, so <laughs> a little bit, little bit obsessed, you could say. So, what is the most interesting or coolest thing you found while doing archival research? Oh, that's difficult. Well, I, so so pieces here. Actually, the last time I visited you guys, this would have been uh, in what January or December now. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, so I'm, I'm working on an article right now on the opposition of, uh, against the steamship company. So you've got you've got politicians like Ernest Greening and um, Bartlett and, and Wickersham that are all kind of going against the the steamship company, and it's been difficult to track down 
primary source that's 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 not out of a newspaper uh, and so this last time I was with you guys going through <laughs> through through Bob Atwood's stuff so new, newspaper related but to, right. to look at Bob Atwood's correspondence and see what's going on behind the scenes you know he's talking with them um, actually guys this is this is really cool because I, I just found out more more stuff about this so uh, uh, so Bob Atwood is he's writing the PR person at the Alaska Steamship Company and this guy I can't I can't think of his full name but he goes by Esky, and uh, it was short for for Eskimo, and this mm -hmm. was a, a name that he had gotten at, mm -hmm. at Harvard back in the, mm -hmm. I believe the the twenties, and uh, he was a contemporary of Greening. They had gone to Harvard at the at the exact same time, and uh, Greening didn't particularly like him, and so <laughs> and and then it just becomes really you know coincidental that 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 uh, you know Esky ends up working for the Alaska Steamship Company, which you know Greening Greening hates the most. So here's this guy <laughs> who doesn't particularly like working for a company he doesn't particularly like, mm -hmm. uh, and then here's Bob Atwood interviewing um or not interviewing uh writing writing letters back and forth so so uh in this in this letter apparently bob has written an article about the steamship company that wasn't very favorable and uh Esky writes back and kind of gets on this case and, and says you know you've rather misrepresented us and, and we don't really appreciate this and so, so bob apologizes and and then they've kind of got this dialogue going back and forth and uh it's just interesting to see these kind of uh, you know this Alaska Steamship Company player who's just he's a he's a really big guy and then these two you know you know Bob Atwood the the force that he is uh, in Alaska and mm -hmm. of course Greening mm -hmm. the force that force that he is uh, mm -hmm. so it's it's wonderful to see that um, so there's that and then mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I just got back from the University of uh, of Washington's archives this uh, this weekend and uh, uh, I found they had the and you, you guys, you guys have seen all sorts of crazy stuff. How, how people compile yeah. their material, but the but the Alaska Steamship <laughs> yeah. Company they threw away most of their records back in '54, mm -hmm. and I, I didn't know what I was going to be getting. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so there were these giant leather-bound volume. There were scrapbooks that just had, they had pasted these traffic circulars in there. And so here is the earliest records of the Steamship Company just kind of pasted on a scrapbook. And this is all that's left. This is all the stuff. You know, watching the president of the company working all of these things and then slowly just becoming a president and he's, you know, right. hired other people to kind of work them. So very fascinating to see that as well. Cool. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. What do you find the most difficult about working in archives and with archival material and the most surprising thing about working in archives? Mm, most difficult thing, and this does not. This is not you guys, but uh, but, uh, and this is a good tip, I think, for, for everybody. It's not no, not at all. <laughs> but but I, I think the most difficult thing is is getting to know your getting to know your archival staff and mm -hmm. and and working with them because not everyone is as lovely as as as, as you folks here at UAA. We uh, didn't pay him to say this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the, it's the truth. Uh, uh, it it can be really. You, you guys are the gatekeepers to to this material, and so mm -hmm. you know it all depends on how helpful you guys are. Because it's one thing to you know look at the finding aids, but if you guys know stuff that's not on on a finding aid, and you guys did this for me, you guys mm -hmm. created, folks at home, <laughs> these guys created a finding aid for me. That's how <laughs> wonderful they are. But but if if you know finding aid doesn't exist and there is material um, mm -hmm. in, in an archive. Uh, and the you know the archivist is not particularly interested in helping you, uh, mm -hmm. and and knows of something that that can be really difficult. And mm -hmm. so I've had some issue yeah. getting access to stuff that I know exists, or or have just just not had super helpful experiences. So I think that that can be the most difficult because mm -hmm. I I think you know you could say just just going through and kind of hoping that you'll find the things that you're looking for that that's difficult, but that's just part of the fun, right? You know yeah. that's that's just I don't know like what we do is 
it's, it's archivists and, and historians and researchers. I mean, it, it's like a treasure hunt every time you go <laughs> through these documents. You know, you're, you know, yeah. what, what are you going to find today? Um, yeah. uh, and then I've forgotten the, the, the second part of that question. What did, what did you? What, what did is you the most surprising thing about working in archives or archival material? Uh, knowing what's there and what's and what's not there, or I guess learning that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you you can be absolutely pleasantly surprised that 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 something is that something is there that you weren't that you weren't expecting, you know, mm -hmm. like these like these passenger circulars from the turn of the century at the yeah. UW archives. Uh, you can also be equally disappointed in in, in realizing what's what's built right. there. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's surprised <laughs> yeah. both ways. You know, I was I was hoping, um, you know, they're they're the repository for uh, the Alaska Steamship Company uh, archives and or, or or all of their all of their material, mm -hmm. and there are like. 240 cubic feet oh, wow. or something of, of material and I had a, I went through everything and it was honestly it was rather depressing what was there I mean there was some great stuff some stuff mm -hmm. I'll be able to use for my thesis and mm -hmm. but 99% of it was just something I really couldn't utilize so right. um, yeah. but that's not necessarily a negative you know right. I mean there's positives and and yeah. knowing what's not there as well yeah. um, so kind of on the other side of things yeah. um, what do you like most about archival research to get to touch history. This is the best, you know. I've, I've loved history since I was a, a little boy, and I, I mean, that's one of the one of the reasons I collect is you know you get to get to hold and, and touch history. But they're you know, archive archives are just so precious. I mean, this is stuff for everybody that we can all have access to, and it, it's just it's so awesome to get to. I I went to the um, Massachusetts Historical Society in in Boston, oh, and uh, cool. to get to touch you know our founding fathers, yeah. you know, some of their documents. I was doing a project on. On John Quincy Adams, I mean that's just you know John Quincy Adams, you know, you know he's a, he's a senator in the early 1800s, and he's one of the people that signs off and makes sure that the Louisiana Purchase is you know mm -hmm. legal to a T, and mm -hmm. so wonderful to get to touch that kind of material and go, oh my God, this is you know this is American history, and, mm -hmm. um, it's just yeah, you feel like you're part of it, you know, you get to interact with these people who are who are dead, uh, and yet you feel like you know them. That's yeah, a special mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Do you have any tips for other researchers? Be nice to your archivists. <laughs> <laughs> if you're nice, they might help you even more, which is, which is really nice. But also, I, but I think just, just not, to not be frustrated. I think it's, mm -hmm, I think it's really mm -hmm. easy to get frustrated at, again, going back to, you know, what you, what maybe you won't find. Um, uh, and I don't know if you just if you're just open to it and you just you just have fun. Mm -hmm, you might be yeah. surprised at you know what the documents lead you, mm -hmm. um, and you probably end up having a better project that way than trying to force force something that you that you want. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think that you know some researchers think that we might have what they want, mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't, and we have to tell them like yeah. we only get what we're given. Yeah. Or, we can't have everything. Yeah, they're looking for a specific document. Um, and they're so focused on that when we might have other mm -hmm. um, things that could be useful for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always really interesting. I every project I've you know I've done a couple now. I've I've, um, I've I'm happy to say I've, I've been to some big archives now. I've been to, <laughs> I've, I've I've gone out of state and I just at every archive I have been really surprised at what has been available and how and how it has shaped I guess whatever project I'm on you know mm -hmm. uh, and it can be really frustrating you know you do. You know, maybe in the, in the case of this John Quincy project, you know, I did a year and a half, you know, uh, worth of undergrad <laughs> research on that, and then to go and not find what I was looking for and have mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of reshape the entirety of my mm -hmm. research project, yeah. you know, that's that can be really um, difficult. I've also I definitely saw someone throw kind of a temper tantrum at the at the National <laughs> Archives when they didn't oh, find what they were looking no, for. No. <laughs> uh, they were just. Um, it's difficult too. I think if if. Um, 
you know, you guys have got some stuff that you guys have to keep, you know, it can't be photographed and, and mm-hmm. people can't necessarily look at it. You know, it's got social security numbers on mm-hmm, it, it's got yeah. medical history or something, and, and uh, some, maybe some people don't do their research before coming, you know, they mm-hmm. don't look at, at kind of the rules on that stuff. And, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it can yeah. be really interesting to watch people get yeah. really kind of upset at, at something that, you know, they should have been prepared, yeah. uh, prepared mm-hmm. to deal with, so. So you mentioned that in addition to being a historian, you're also an archaeologist. Um, how does archival research play into that side of things? Yeah, so I've been I've been an archaeologist for I guess four or five years now, and I've done you know prehistoric stuff up to you know very recent you know this stuff as recent as the as the '60s. You know, mm-hmm. the stuff is kind of eligible historically, uh, you know, to be saved or to be recorded if it's if it's 50 years. So I get to kind of work with. A really giant, a giant time span, and, and archives are interesting for that. But you know, with the kind of work that I typically do um, on hist- doing historical archaeology, there is there is a historical record, which is which is great. You know, it means we can come and you know, if we're finding something archaeologically, and we go to the historical record, and it's there, it's great. It it, it confirms that historical record. Uh, but in a lot of ways, oftentimes, uh, you know, we'll come to our archival research first as, as archaeologists, and we'll see, okay, this is this is what we're dealing with. This is what we think the story is, and then, uh, and then we'll complicate the narrative, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll go out and excavate, and you know, maybe we'll find uh, a food source that people are, are eating that has not been been written down, or. Um, you know, we'll see like a, you know we'll see a list of buildings. We'll say, okay, this is this is what we expect to see, and then you go and you're like, ah, oh, but there are these other buildings too, and this means that there are other activity areas and things going on. But, um, and I know you guys deal with this here with our flourishing you know anthropology department, but mm-hmm. you know dealing with prehistoric stuff, yeah, there isn't necessarily a, a written record mm-hmm. of that, but there are there's you know mm-hmm. hundred over a hundred years of of. Um, you know, written archaeological material, and, mm-hmm. uh, and as yeah. our practices get better, we're able to go back and revisit mm-hmm. uh, stuff, which is which is great to go back through another field worker's notes. And go, wait, they found this, but this didn't make it in the official report. And you go back, <laughs> out, you're like, oh, they didn't document this, and yeah. you kind of get to do archaeology, archaeology, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a sense on this. So, <laughs> yeah, um, how meta? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we're getting kind of deep here now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's but that's fun to see uh, and interesting too. Just because you don't archaeology is 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 it's it really is just this kind of material culture, and you really mm-hmm. can only you can only see so much from that. I mean, we we can glean a lot, and you can from the historical mm-hmm. stuff. But I mean, we have to. In, in some ways, doing prehistoric stuff is 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 easier because you know you know the you know the answers that you're not gonna you're not gonna find. Right. Like you can't you can't put a name to someone. You can't you can't mm-hmm. you can't really definitively say. This is exactly what they're doing, but with, but with historics you can, and it's um, again as a, as a collector, one of the things I I'm crazy about just ceramics. I love I love China and ceramics. Yeah. That stuff is so diagnostic yeah. and and dateable. Uh, but with historics, it's even more fun because you 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 know you can figure out it was made exactly here, and it was yeah. probably made by this exact person mm-hmm. because we have a date, and there, we know there were only three people making this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, uh, actually, the Independence Mine records are great right. for this because uh, I. Um, uh, this would have been the field school that Paul ran back in 2016 up mm. at up at Gold Court, but we were going around and just kind of looking at other sites, and I was I was known as their 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 trash expert. So I, every time I saw like a can dump or something, I'd get I'd freak out. And go, oh my gosh, you know, look at this, and and um, uh, I would photograph every single shard of of China that I that I found, and um, you know, I'm I'm kind of decent with the stuff up here from the from the 30s, 40s, and and 50s. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's not a whole lot coming up here, and 
and a lot of it's restaurant wear. You know, it's the thicker yeah. rim stuff. And we had found uh, this 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 dump where there was just all these kind of white. Um, white pieces of porcelain and, and china, and they had this really distinct um, uh, edge on them that I, uh, that I hadn't mm. seen. And uh, coming back in the archive a few months later, sure enough, I found the order form for this exact oh, china. Cool. So they, they had, you guys had this order form, and I knew oh, exactly what really company. Neat. Yeah, you typically you know associate archives with history, but it's, it's so interesting that there's this other side to it. Yeah, this, using this archaeology. A, using them for archaeology. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question mm. for you, Pierce. Um, you've mentioned your collections several okay. times. Yes. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about the types of things you collect <laughs> and um, <laughs> what what you like about it, what you find interesting about them? What's your favorite thing? Oh, Everything you've had. Oh, all right. So this is this is a little <laughs> bit of a long story, so I'm, but I'll still give this to you guys here. So so when I was three I was obsessed with phonographs and by, by, by this age I knew I knew I was gonna I just knew I was gonna be an Egyptologist an Egyptologist or at least an archaeologist so <laughs> didn't we um, all have that exactly I, mean, yeah. you know. I was I a paleontologist I Ooh, wanted to be okay. an Egyptologist and then I did archaeology for a while and it was really you, I, dirty. You did archaeology yeah I have a bachelor's in archaeology Ar archaeology and culture of the ancient Near East Wow. Yeah. So you got pretty close to that then, archaeology and culture of the ancient Near East. Yeah, I dug yeah. in Greece for a month. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. That's so cool. I can't use the archival record to help me, though, or <laughs> we couldn't. No, not as well. A little limited, you know. It's with, just with, tiny. Bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, small, small papyrus, you know, type research here, yeah. you know, Hellenic. Uh, stuff. Yeah, anyways. So. Well, I, but I think I, I think that's funny because I think we all get involved in in these, you know, auxiliary sciences of history, mm -hmm. um, you know, by, by kind of these, these um, you know, big moments as kids, you know, you're like, oh, you see the pyramids, you're like, this is so cool, you know, yeah. King Tut, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's certainly, that definitely got me off um, collecting as a, as a, mm -hmm. as a kid. Uh, I don't know why the phonograph, uh, the, there was some, it's so I, weird, yeah. It, it is, it's just one of these inventions I've always, like, vacuums and phonographs, one of the things I've always yeah. obsessed with as a, as a kid, and I, I, I really wanted one, and so I built one out of a, out of a shoebox. Oh, I mean, wow. it, it didn't work, but... Um, uh, I tried. But I, I tried, yeah, I tried really hard, I just, yeah too complicated and I couldn't yeah. I, I couldn't figure out acoustics as a three-year-old that's that's really yeah. tough um but no that got me started collecting antiques because I, I was mm -hmm. like oh man this is an old thing and I like this and mm -hmm. and um you know it went from phonographs to I you know I got a I got a typewriter when I was seven and my you know my dad bought me a, a sad iron you know the old kind of you know metal metal irons from back in the day mm -hmm. and and then it, then and then books and then it just it blossomed to where I had, you know, I had sort of cataloging stuff because I had, I had like different parts wow. of my collection. So, you know, yeah. book, antique books and, you know, antique houseware and antique, you know, antique clothing and that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then I got, to, I got to a point about, about maybe kind of at the end of high school, I was like, okay, I have to limit what I'm, what I'm collecting. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was just doing phonograph type stuff, just glassware and then paper materials. Okay. So this is, and this is still kind of to this day what I'm doing because I, uh, and I don't even really do much of the phonograph stuff anymore because it's just it, it gets expensive. And once you know mm -hmm. the the further you yeah. dive into collecting something, the more expensive it gets because you know mm -hmm. you you pretty quickly buy up the cheap yeah. pieces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's nice now now that I've started collecting, and this is this is kind of my new pet project. I'm I'm gonna work on a on a, uh, a journal article about kind of the ephemeral history of of Alaska oh, uh, cool. and how 
so much of the of the paper material that we have, if, even though you know our archives are, you know, this is an amazing archive. And our, our state has got some other other lovely archives, and of course the the archive in in Seattle, the Alaska collections down there. But so much of the you know material was made up here or was brought up here mm -hmm. ended up traveling back down with whoever left you know be yeah. it the you know yeah. miners who were up here for a season or you know a failed farmer from the palmer colony or yeah, something yeah. like that you know that stuff just doesn't totally stay up here and so uh ebay and these kind of online auctions have just been crazy and that that has for the last i'd say the last four years has been my main kind of mm -hmm. collecting thing i still do mm -hmm. china i like transportation china right. a lot uh and yeah. of course steamship company stuff but just paper archival material diaries and this kind of stuff i mean it's just mm -hmm. crazy how all of that can be on this open market it's it's it's, it's yeah, almost a little yeah. shady i mean I, I how do you i mean how do you guys feel about that stuff being in private hands and then and then also just for sale it's you know this, this commodity this thing can be monetized i i prefer it if they donated it yeah. um <laughs> rather than sell it yeah. because of the the copyright issue like if somebody yeah. donates directly to us um, they can sign copyright over to us yeah. and it makes it easier for us to provide access to the materials. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas if they put it on eBay or, um, and sell it, the, the rights aren't, aren't as clear and they don't, they don't come to us. So, yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, it, right now it, it's, uh, photographs are great. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've been doing brochures and that kind of stuff for the steamship company and, and other, mm -hmm. other transportation companies uh, up here. But those, you know, theoretically, there should be more than one of those, and other archives should have that kind of stuff. And it's mm -hmm, it's these it's yeah. these photos, it's these kind of one off, mm -hmm. you know, this you know some a private piece of someone's life that they wanted yeah. to you know preserve. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of been the most fascinating thing, and also I think one of the saddest to collect as well because you know that's, you know, something precious to someone. You know, mm -hmm. now they've died; it's gone to someone who doesn't care. Yeah, and they've sold it on eBay. Yeah. And to be clear, we don't we don't purchase collections on eBay um, currently. It was a practice that. Um, you know, previous people who worked here um, engaged in, but um, we don't we don't currently do it. All of our our collections now come from donations. Yeah, and they'll have mine. You guys can come. <laughs> those listening, you guys can come look at the the very small Alaska Steamship Company uh, collection in twenty or thirty years when I'm done with this. When I'm done with this book and project. So hopefully, I get it written yeah, faster yeah, than that. Yeah, looking forward to yeah. it. <laughs> Do you find it hard being able to collect while living in Alaska? Not that I not that I want to rag on the, the antique stores up here, but it's just they try. They they <laughs> try, and they're in a really difficult place, and, it, and a lot of that comes from the shipping. You know, mm -hmm. our history is not you know while it's you know tens of thousands of years old up here. You know, to with, you know within the range of fifteen to twenty thousand. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a material culture for sale like that. And yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the majority of this material is coming post-war, uh, so it's just it's difficult to get older antiques up here. But even if you're collecting, you know, stuff from the mid-century, it's just you know two or three times as expensive up mm -hmm. here. So that is that is very frustrating. And then, mm -hmm. and then yeah, it's frustrating to get Alaska stuff up here. Yeah. You know, I found I have found more Alaska stuff outside of Alaska than than in Alaska for for purchase. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was in an antique shop in Virginia. And uh, this was this was just the summer, and I I was going through you know boxes of postcards, and uh, you know, sure enough, here were menus from various you know mm -hmm. different steamship companies up here, and it's you know all the way in Virginia, mm -hmm. and you know 
I probably have the largest, you know, outside of an archive, and instead of probably have the largest collection yeah. of menus now. So, um, so yeah, that that is incredibly frustrating. It's uh, and then and then yeah, to have I I struggle all the time with having stuff shipped up here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people treat us like we're some sort of you know colony yeah. still, where the mail yeah. service doesn't yeah. run. I was trying to buy a postcard of um, of. Uh, one of the the steamship company's freighters, and you know, this is a, this is a postcard. This is a piece of you like the, the one like Put it's it designed in an envelope to envelope yeah, and this, this, this thing, this you know, this piece of history that is designed to be mailed, and they refuse to mail it up here. I drove me, you know, post, it, was well, a postcard. it was a postcard. They yeah. could literally just put it in an envelope. I, I don't think it costs anymore. To... <laughs> and they could put a stamp on the envelope. Yeah, on it. I mean, it's yep. just the same postage as oh my gosh, in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I you know, ha and then having this argument with people too, uh, you know, mm -hmm. on. Uh, that that's always fascinating. Or they yeah. want to char they want to charge it like you are. So it's like use the post office, you know. But this isn't. Yeah. I'm yeah, not shipping this from Hong Kong. No. You know, this yeah. isn't going across the. Yeah. You know, this is crazy. I find that to be really frustrating. So yeah, I guess mm -hmm. it's, I guess both quality of, of antiques, availability, and then just yeah, just shipping is just such mm -hmm. a such a mess up here. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say? Invest in a good in a good scanning app or a good camera when you're in the archives. If you're if you're on a if you're on a, yes. on a time crunch there, that would be my other my only other thing I would say. Yeah, not um, yeah, all archives allow photos. Allow though. photos. Yeah, we've had one researcher. I think he took what like fifteen or seventeen thousand thousands and thousands photos. Of photos. I mean, he just kept going, and there are typically people that are getting their. Um, or writing their thesis. Mm -hmm. I took that do it. five thousand on this last this last yeah. trip. So yeah. Well, I think that's all we have. Yeah. Do you have anything else, or? No, guys. I think that's it. And thanks for having me. Yeah. This has been Thank fun. Thank you so much for doing this. We love talking to you, and you yeah. love it when you come in. So. Well, thank, well, thanks for letting me come in. You're I, welcome. It's always fun to work with you guys. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> we would like to again thank Pierce for his interview. For our June episode, it'll be at the height of tourist season in Alaska. The Archivist of Archiving AK will look at tourism in Alaska through the lens of our collections. This is Archiving AK. Thank you for listening. <music>